what we do here is go back, 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 back. Shout out to Nate. Um, he willed that thing to happen. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And the Raiders got a W. Went out there, beat the Texans. We're on to New Orleans. A lot to cover, a lot to go over, a lot to talk about. But Andrew, how are you? Doing good, man. A little under the weather, but I'm hurt, not injured, right? Still show up. Maybe not to work today, but I still show up for the podcast. Um, but no, it's good, man. Good to have have a week where we can just read articles, you know, at least for me, I can get back to my, my sites, read some articles about the Raiders. Everyone's optimistic. It's just nice. Victory week is nice. It's a good place to be. Lovely place, honestly, especially Paradise Bobcats got a dub last week too. Having both my teams win compared to losing, which has been the norm this year. It's just a blessed feeling, you know, but yeah, man, how are you feeling? How did, what were your thoughts on the game? I know we watched it together, shared some high fives, um, some dabs, Daps and some dabs probably, but what were your thoughts on the game? Any takeaway from Raiders versus Texans, which Raiders came out victorious 38 to 20. I predicted 31, 20. I was happy that we got an extra touchdown, but man, I would have been cool to just nail it. But uh, yeah. What were your thoughts about the game? Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's very optimistic because we've, we've been a, uh, we've been a, a team that was a tale of two halves. And this time we were a team of two and a half halves. Unfortunately, the first half, the first quarter, um, and about halfway through the second quarter, it was rough. It, you know, they were hanging on. The Texans were playing well, or we were playing bad, one of the two. But they, things were kind of just pretty even. You know, we were kind of making mistakes. We weren't really getting um, things going too much. And then, as it got into like the second half of the second quarter, we started to see things kind of pick up, and uh, we looked a lot better. The score did end up showing that it was that statement, uh, that statement win that we wanted. Kind of all came together more towards the end, as opposed to just a full game domination type blowout. But yeah, all in all, uh, I mean, Damian Pierce is a beast. He has come on lately. I was, you know, talked about if if we could control him, uh, we could definitely go out here and win this game. Uh, we didn't really control him too much, and we still went out and won that game, which is awesome. But yeah, Davis Mills didn't do much. We did get a awesome pick six at the end of the game, which shout out to Nate. Um, he willed that thing to happen. We're sitting there, sitting there watching the game, and they're driving down, and, and they get on you know our side of the field, and Nate was like, "You know what we could really use right now is a pick six. And I'm like, "Yeah, that would be that'd be pretty dope if that happened." Boom, Harmon picks it off, takes it back to the house. We were like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, it's he made it happen. Yeah, sorry to cut you off. It was just that next, like, like as he was snapping the ball, he said it, and it was like right there. So yeah, that was pretty good. Anyways, continue. Yeah, no, it just was all, all around. You know, it was great to see Josh Jacobs again went off an insane stat line. Don't have it in front of me, but third game in a row, he got in the end zone twice, three times, three times a lady, and so yeah, it was great all around. Great game, fun game to watch. I wouldn't say I was worried the first half, but we weren't getting things going. So I was like, fuck, here we go. Like, let's pick it up. Let's get let's get things moving. But uh, all in all, great game. Got a win. Got that you know, one by 18, which was kind of where I was, uh, you know, trying to 
explain and aim for when I said we need a statement win. 18 is definitely a good number. But yeah, enjoyed the win with the whole fam. Yeah. And I think that's, it's pretty fascinating when we, you know, all three brothers, um, Mel Dreamy, Mike, and myself watch the game together because we, we've realized we have to play off of each other. So once someone is set off about something, you know, the other two kind of have to play this complimentary role. So Dan was, Dan was ready to scrap the season. Basically at the end of the first quarter, he was ready to trade car. He was contemplating. He's like, we could fire McDaniels. I don't care. Like I'm just, you know, he was there and not really, he didn't say that about McDaniels, but it was discussed. So then Mike and I had to play kind of a supportive role. And then once he got back into the groove a little bit, then Mike and I were able to be a little bit more critical. You know, I'd be critical. Mike would back me off. So it's just, uh, you know, it's what brothers do. And that's definitely going to be needed, especially um, when we do travel to Las Vegas, December 4th. And spoiler alert, we will be taking the podcast, mostly our family, to the Raiders game. Me, Micah, Dan, and Nate. It's a bros trip. It's going to be awesome. December 4th against the Chargers. So we'll need some of that support, certainly. Um, as far as the game is concerned, yeah, I think it was it was a slower start than we wanted. But I think, you know, you talk about why the Raiders lost those four games, really. Um, and it's and they weren't able to finish, right? They weren't able to finish the, the Cardinals. They weren't able to complete comebacks against the Chargers, Titans, and the Chiefs. And so, you know, I just be, seeing them being able to kind of reconvene a little bit make some adjustments at halftime, um, you know, big score going into the um, first or ending the first half, which made, I believe, yeah, made it 10 to 10, um, even though the Texans were getting the ball, it's still just a good momentum spot for that team. So, um, yeah, they closed well. Jacobs got going, obviously, you know, three games over 145 plus, three touchdowns. That was awesome. So seeing him be that efficient or that effective, that O-line playing a lot better and seeing DC being able to work off of that targeting Adams a good amount, you know, getting him rolling early, which I think is important. Getting Adams the ball early and often to kind of create that rhythm helps kind of work off, you know, the other guys. No Waller, you know, felt like no problem there. You know, we were able to substitute that with with Foster Moreau, Matt Collins. I was also able to get in the end zone where that big body wide receiver, he can play kind of in the slot, be a good running, run blocking receiver. So all the pieces connected. Still only got to the house one time. I think we let Damian Pierce run on us a little bit too much the first half. You could tell that our emphasis and change kind of made, we made that change in the, in the second half, kind of centering on him and just saying, hey, why don't you beat us, Davis Mills? Okay, we'll play man. We'll put seven, eight in the box. Let's do this thing. So, yeah, overall good dub. Really the, the victory that we needed. Um, if not, well, I forgot what it was. Must win, can't lose. If so, we're done. If you lose, you lost. Yes. If you if lose, you, you're lost. You're lost, yes. You must so we're not lost. can't lose or you're lost. <laughs> That's exactly it. So, um, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Excited. Um, You know, we have a big stretch here. Um, Some road games coming up, which we will get to um, on the preview. I got one last thing for you. Sorry. No, that's my bad. I got one last thing for you. And it's God love all the people out there that love just putting together oddball stats. Right. We see it a lot now where you get like you want a narrative on a guy and you just hear the stats on these most like eight specific things that lined up to make it like the reason he's at the top of the list got one for you. I'm ready. Leaders in rushing yards in Raiders history in any season from game four to six, Josh Jacobs, number one in Raiders history from game (laughs) four to six with 441 rushing yards only in front of Bo Jackson, 397 from 1987. So Josh Jacobs set in Raiders records, the highest rushing yards between week four and week six of any Raiders player ever. 
pay the man. At this point, you know, Jacobs can, he could hang him up if he needed to. That accomplishment is what he was after. Um, an incredible stat, nonetheless. A selling point if we do end up trading him <laughs> or, or a selling point to us saying, hey, how big are those weeks four to six? Because we suck weeks one to three, you know, either way. But thank you for the stats. I didn't expect that at all. But he, I think it was also, um, what was it, within the first 50 games, he was number number one, number two, and most rushing yards by an Oakland, Oakland by a, a Raider in general within their first 50 games played. He's like Something one or two. Along those lines. Yeah, one or two. That wasn't as good of a stat as yours. But anyways, go Josh Jacobs, go Raiders, don't go Chargers. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, ref. Anywho, we are going to get into the betting segment, the RTP betting segment of the week. Before we do that, Mike, tell the people who this episode is brought to us, everyone else, and Josh Jacobs. Bye. Absolutely. Just imagine this for a minute, Andy. Your team's lining up. All right. You're considered underdogs. I don't expect you to win. You know, you're playing against people that guard you, rule over you, um, and, and as if your team was prisoners, right? And you really need this ball back. Along comes a man named Brucey. So what do you tell Brucey to do? Tell him, kick it away. Kick it away. Because he's lining up for an onside kick. He doesn't know that. You know that. Because the chances of regaining possession are very slim in this situation. The stakes are high and the tension is even higher. Your pulse, everybody's pulse, is racing. He kicks it as hard as he can to try to put it back at the back of the end zone. And you watch as the ball lands just past the 10-yard mark. Now you can make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. The Raiders are on a run right now. We did lose against the Chiefs, but the Raiders are on a run and they're playing good football. And right now are ranked third in the NFL in points per game. The ranked third goes Bills, Chiefs, Raiders, right? So what I want you to do is I want you to go in and I want you to hammer the over in this game against the Saints. We're giving you Raiders picks. I'm giving you Raiders picks all through the rest of this season. Um, and I'm going to say go hammer the over because this team's on a roll and they're just going to keep putting up points. And if you want to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wonderful. Go Brucey, I would say. Well, here we go. The RTP betting segment. Um, let's just review last week, okay? Let's, let's look, look back at the tape for a second. We had, we, as in Micah and I, had a three-game parlay. Bengals over Falcons, Ravens over Browns, Buccaneers over the Panthers. Are you kidding me? That was the one. So two out of three, Bengals beat the Falcons, Ravens beat the Browns. And the Buccaneers lost to the Panthers, which everyone imagined after trading Christian McCaffrey um, and a disgruntled Robbie Anderson. But I digress. Here's some optimism. Underdog? What? Jets over the Broncos? Say what? Come on, plus one. 
come on, son, give me that shit. Ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Cool. Under, underdog. Jets took care of the underdog bet of the week. Great job. I, we're back. Me, you, and the Jets are back together. And then the lock of the week, which we did talk about this, um, was the Saints and Cardinals over 43 and a half. That did hit if you hammered it, which would might have been impossible because the podcast got released on Friday, unless you can time travel and go back to Thursday and bet that game. Um, you'd be up in you'd be up in money. So good job if you could do that and did that. Um, we will no longer be giving Thursday night football bets if the podcast is being released on a Friday. So there we are, two for three. That was a good week. I thought, I mean, I, I, I thought if if out of all of them, the Bucks wouldn't beat the Panthers and that would really tear apart everything, then I'm beating them. I think that's betting in general. So let's get into this week. Three-game parlay. We have Cowboys beating the Bears, Bengals beating the Browns Monday night, Eagles over the Steelers. Okay, Cowboys, Bengals, Eagles, hammer that money line. Here's what we got. Cowboys against Bears. Bears did look good. Okay, not talk about Frank, but a good Frank, right? Good against the Patriots on Monday Night Football. They are taking on a Cowboys team that does have back, 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 and a team that really is dominated by or not led led by their defense. And I think the Bears are going to be in trouble. Take the Cowboys there. Bengals against the Browns. The Browns suck. The Bengals don't. Okay, Bengals are officially back. They put uh, Joe Burrow almost through for seven thousand yards um, in the game last week against the Falcons. Unfortunately, just got this news. Jamar Chase is out for four to six weeks. Do not let that inhibit your ability to hammer this three-game parlay. And the Browns suck. So there we go. Eagles over the Steelers. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Okay. Eagles undefeated. Steelers don't know who should play quarterback. Neither does the quarterback know how to play quarterback. Whoever's is in there, right? So it's either Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, throwing picks. This is going to be a, a whooping. This actually, Micah, sorry. This is going to be a whooping. Okay. And that's that means a, a big dog. Okay, you that's, put the H before the W. Exactly. Yeah, when you put the H before the W, you know the margin of victory is going to be a lot higher. So, give me um, all three of those games. Once again, Cowboys over the Bears, Bengals over the Browns, Eagles over the Steelers. Lock that in. Now, with our luck, the Eagles will get destroyed by the Steelers somehow. Okay, and they're going to Buccaneers us. But those are negative vibes, positive vibes only over here. Underdog game of the week. Give me the Commanders against the Colts. I would never bet the Commanders, nor have I ever because it's not legal in California. Hypothetically, I still wouldn't if I could. But this week we do. Bengals over the Colts, and here's why. They are three-point dogs. Colts have a new starting quarterback, Sam Ellinger. He hasn't started a game in the NFL. He was at Texas, okay? Prior to that, was fine at Texas, okay? Matt Ryan is basically too old, but... Colts defense is not what it was last last year. I think Jonathan Taylor is still good, but the commander's D-line actually relatively strong. One of the few strong points on their defense or team in general. And I mean, did, how do you not like Taylor Heineke? How do you not like, he is a gamer. Okay. He's a gamer. He can, he can take Tampa Bay in the playoffs, take him right down to the wire and blow it, which is fine. But give me the commanders over the Colts. I think it's disrespectful. They're getting three points. I'm going to take them to win. You're going to take them to win. We all take them to win. Goal commanders. Don't go Dan Snyder, but goal commanders. Um, and then the lock of the week. Once again, sometimes you do minus points. You know, sometimes you do the favorite. Sometimes you do the underdog. Going straight over here, baby. Give me Cardinals, Vikings over 48 and a half. It's going to be a shootout. Both defenses. Well, Cardinals defense, a little bit better. Still gave up a good amount of points to the Saints. Vikings defense, not great. Both offense juggernauts, 48 and a half. 
All we're talking about is 2821. Come on, send 2821. That's all we need. Lock of the week. That's it. Thoughts. Love it. It's fantastic. The commanders thing is very interesting and I like it. We're talking about Taylor, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor, Tyler, Taylor Heineke yep. facing younger Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly also what it is. Taylor Heineke. So I feel like the that's going to force the Colts to just run the ball more than they than than they want to pass it, and that's going to make them good again for some reason. That was my fear, actually. Um, yeah. As I was picking this, I'm like, dude, Sam Ellinger. But then I'm like, they're not going to. They're going to do the Marcus Mariota with him. It's just like you're going to throw the ball twelve times, maybe. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like it's going to be addition by subtraction. Yeah. Um, but I but I do I do like it. I love the you know the commanders somehow getting some love. Shout out Coach D, old football coach. He uh, big commanders guy. He came mm-hmm. on last year when the commander last year. Did mm-hmm. he play the commanders last, last, last year? year? Yeah, yep. commanders won, which was unfortunate. But yeah, I like it. We're at home too, which is awesome. I like um, them. Cool. Go out there, hammer all of those. Get the RTP parlay. Really wish you loved him, but um, here we are. Well, let's get into the week eight preview. We have your Las Vegas Raiders on the road in New Orleans. Vegas is one and a half point favorites on the road over under 48 and a half. Micah, you'll be taking the Raiders offense against Saints defense. I'll be taking the Raiders defense against Saints offense. We'll make our predictions and we'll get out of here. Would you like to go first? Sure, I can do that. You know, we're, we're on a roll right now. Uh, we need to get out here and keep it going against the Saints. I think that we have a very good chance to keep things going and to continue to put up some points. Uh, the Saints defense is, you know, the Saints defense has always been one that has been good over the years. And I think this is probably one of the worst ones they've had in a long time. Uh, you still got Marshawn Lattimore, star corner. He hasn't practiced yet. We'll have to see how the week goes. But if he is out, it's going to be big. They have a lot of cornerback uh, injuries right now. People on IR. Shout out Smoke Monday um, is on the um, is on the IR for the Saints. Great name. But Lattimore uh, hasn't practiced as of yet. Got Paulson Adebo, I believe, is his name. The other starting corner. He was limited in practice, but he's banged up. Really, where their talent, where they got their talent at, is is at the safeties. We've got. You know, someone who has always given us PTSD with Tyron Matthew, Matthew, however you want to pronounce it, um, at one of the safeties. So it's going to be very interesting. As of now, going into week eight, the Saints are 22nd in rushing yards, giving up 123 a game. Josh Jacobs himself has been on a tear lately. That's small potatoes for him as far as the last three games are concerned. Uh, they're 21st given a, in a rushing yards per attempt, 4.6. I think Jacobs has averaged like six or seven over the last three games you know so the raiders success with their offense has really ran through josh jacobs all pun intended and i think they just need to keep feeding it to him because they got a really good chance to keep that going against a you know bottom 10 rushing defense the passing game they are 16th in overall yards given up 217 per game um, and they are in the bottom five verse receivers specifically given up 1,271 yards and eight touchdowns so far. Some of that probably has to do with the fact their corners are banged up, but I think we have a chance to go out here and exploit that. We might have Darren Waller back this week to see how the rest of this week goes with him as well as far as the injury report is concerned, but I believe he was uh, limited in practice. 
we had Abrams, Farrell, and Devontae Adams all did not practice on Tuesday and Wednesday due to a sickness, just an illness. There wasn't anything specific that they said. Uh, apparently, uh, Abram and Farrell were seen stretching today out of practice. Devontae Adams was not. So I don't think there's any worry that he's not going to play. But dare I say, we are going to see a Devontae Adams flu game against the Saints in New Orleans. Devontae Adams coming off of a sickness, maybe still sick-ish, but getting over it. Put it out there right now. He's going to have at least nine receptions, buck 10, and two touchdowns. He's going to go out there. Two touchdowns, ball out. He's gonna. We're gonna get his flu game and see the Raiders get a, get another W. Now, whether it's gonna be close or not is going to be one to be seen, uh, and it's gonna be more of you know how our defense plays out. Saw a lot of points get put up last time the uh, uh, in the Thursday night game with the Saints. They gave up a lot of points and they put up a lot of points, and so that's obviously something you're going to get into next with how our defense fares, but. I see a good matchup, you know. Raiders have been better than their record indicates. Uh, like I said, we're third in the league in, in points a game. So I think we can go out there. You know, we're probably going to have to put up 30-plus, but we're averaging 27, so I don't think that's uh, too much to ask. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I think we've got a good matchup. Just keep Jacobs going. I think we're going to win this game. We'll get to that later, but your thoughts? Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, just touch on the on your side of the ball first. Um Marshawn Lattimore is going to be huge, right? If, if he's if he's ruled out, um, I was a little pessimistic just because they played Thursday, so a week and a half, you know, to kind of get healthy because he didn't play last week um, either. But it all indicates, uh, or it all sounds like that um, he did not practice him and Paulson Adebo, and then as well as Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, which I'll get into here shortly. But that'll be big, um, and I think if if he doesn't play, then I would uptick Devonte Adams touchdowns to three. Just a thought. Yeah, think about it. But yeah, man, I think, you know, it's it's a very interesting Saints team. This was not your father's Saints team, certainly. No Sean Payton, no Drew, Drew Brees. Um, a, a lot more balanced attack on offense. Um, Saints currently um, running the ball about 40% of the time, which I think is above average as far as that's concerned. Reason why is you have the red rifle um, at quarterback. An interesting note is that, um, so Andy Dalton ended up starting after James Winston got hurt, James Winston is now healthy, but Andy Dalton still the starter. So I feel fortunate with that. Um, I think even though Dalton has taken some shots down the field recently, James is a lot more prolific in the you know 15 plus. He stretched the ball down the field, which would put us, as far as the secondary is concerned, in, in a tough position. I think having Andy Dalton be the starter is, is a benefit for us. As far as uh, keys to success goes, like I mentioned, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, and who is the tight end? Adam Troutman, great name. Um, Adam Troutman, they're all three questionable. Um, so tight end, two receivers, which means a lot of Chris Olave, and more importantly, a lot of Alvin Kamara. So that's um, going to be the focus. It's going to be the um, anytime you play, you know, think of the Titans game, think of really the Texans game where we got to as far as centering on the running back. Kamara can do um, a lot more actually in, in the passing game compared to Henry and Damian Pierce, but I think that's got to be their attack. They got to shut him down, which is obvious, but it's more of like make it very known that this is our game plan and make Dalton beat us. Play in man coverage and why you can do that, why you can put seven or eight guys in the box and play man across the board with your DBs is because no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry, right? So if it's just Olave, 
let's get Amik Robertson, get someone out there to man him up. Obviously not having Nate Hobbs is still unfortunate, but the optimistic side of Andrew here is going to say these four games of not having Nate Hobbs is actually, I'm not afraid of, not, not, not afraid of, but like, I feel like it's a good four games for him to be out. Right. So, um, you know, you take the Texans, Saints, Jacksonville um, next week, where we have the week after I don't have it up right now, but I think it's just, um, you know, basically we're going to have to be, be able to deal without Nate Hobbs for a couple more weeks. And I think it's going to be fine. And it's only going to work in our benefit. Like I mentioned, if Thomas and Landry are out. So um, Kamara has got to be the center, center focus here, center point. I think it's center point, center point of the focus here and vocal part point. vocal point centerpiece. I, yeah. Vocal point centerpiece. Yeah. That was lucism. Yep. Heard it here first. Um, I'll document that later. But as far as injuries on the Raiders side, Jayon Brown and Jonathan Abram are questionable. So we did see uh, an appearance of Blake Martinez last week, thought he played hard, but having Jayon Brown more of a smaller athletic linebacker to be able to spy Kamara with Nate Hobbs being out, I think is going to be huge. So hopefully we can get him healthy. Abram obviously is going to be, he's questionable right now would be important for us as far as stopping the run and getting nowhere near 15 plus yards in coverage. That would be ideal. I'll just hammer that until he's not on our team anymore or retires. But all in all, I think it's a good matchup for the Raiders, you know, on the defensive side, especially if those injuries fall the way that we, that, that they, that they do I never support injuries. I want players to be healthy, but if Lattimore and Thomas and Landry just need an extra week to get healthy, take your time guys. Okay. Take your time. And then the other thing too, is, you know, with that, you know, keen with that strategy of, of being able to, to, focus on Kamara is, is we have to be able to then generate, you know, pass rush against Andy Dalton. If you watch the Thursday night game last week against the Cardinals, he threw two pick sixes um, when he got rushed, you know, when the, when the um, defensive line pressure got there. So being able to, you know, develop some organic pressure, it's, I, th- I think it's, it's clear since week two that um, every, basically every offense is treating Max, Max Crosby as the best player in the league or, or one of the top players in the league because constantly double team, constantly getting chipped by tight ends. So you need some Chandler Jones. There's some news that we forgot to talk about, but we traded Jonathan Hankins two days ago. Um, that will then clear the way for Bilal Nichols, Neil Farrell Jr. Um, as well. So I think the D-line has got to be able to generate some pressure, get to Dalton and really Goes without saying again, but red zone defense and red zone offense, but got a little bit better last week. Red zone defense, we need to be able to force them to trade touchdowns for field goals. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but um, I think that's the way we're going to be able to slow these guys down, you know, focus on Kamara, make sure we can get off the field on third down, generate some pressure, make Andy Dalton beat us. If Andy Dalton beats us, okay, it goes 28 for 37 for 340, then fine. Okay, I don't think that's going to happen, but if that, I think that's how we have to play it, right? Same way that we adjusted to Davis Mills. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a task. Um, Raiders are traveling on the East Coast. They're going to stay out there for that the following week because um, we played the Jacksonville Yaguars. But something about a uh, you know playing in the Superdome, you know, I don't know why I like domes so much. I think it's just cool. I think it, when I see a dome game, I'm like, there's going to be points for sure. Hopefully, it's mostly on ours. And I will have a prediction as you gave a prediction for Devontae Adams, but it's actually going to be on the offense side of the ball, which doesn't really make sense. But Zamir White, he's going to rip off a big one. He's going to get to the crib. All the focus on Josh Jacobs. Zamir White goes out there, oh, probably just some pass protection. And the only reason I say that is because Jalen Richard, if you recall, went to the crib. I think it was like 55, 60 yards against the Saints 2016. So I 
I'm saying Zamir White's going to do something like that. Raiders defense, they have obviously a little bit more of, I would say, similar to more of a, a, a task against um, the Saints compared to the Texans last week. Got to be able to build off that momentum. Pick six. We love defensive touchdowns. Haven't seen them in a while. Um, thank you, Deron Harmon and Amik Robertson. So, yeah, Raiders D, got to show up. It's going to be a tough task. Every week's going to be a tough task, but, um, yeah, I think we'll take care of business. So on the on the Nate Hobbs uh, side of things, it's it being on the IR. It's at least four weeks, right? And I think the the timetable is four to six weeks. It's four games. Oh, at least at least four games. Yeah, and the reason I say that is because oh, we, bye week. because we had our bye week and we placed him on IR last week. There were fans that were like all pissed off because why wouldn't you do it the week before? And it's like no, no, it's four games. Yeah. So even if you have a bye okay. week, it's five weeks. Yeah, gotcha. Texans, Saints, Jags, Colts. Those are those four games. Even if they got bumped up to six games, you're looking at Broncos, Seahawks. So that puts mm-hmm. them right in line to at the latest probably return um, mm-hmm. by the Chargers game that we are going to be going to. So, yeah, and it's never a good like we we don't ever want to miss them. But I'm just saying like the stretch of teams that are really more focused, you know, run based, you know, team or run based offenses, and and not having to put Nate Hobbs, which he's, he's at his best when he's eliminating those kind of freaks like the Travis Kelsey's and, and, you know, those folks that are, that provide interesting matchups in a sense. So it, it's the best, the best stretch of four games we could have probably asked for in, in this, uh, this schedule mm-hmm. we have. So, yeah. Cool. Well, prediction time. Um, once again, Raiders are favored by one and a half on the road against new Orleans over under 48 and a half. 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Micah. Oot say ya. Yeah, I think that, uh, like I said earlier, I think we're going to go out here and win this game. I think there are going to be um, some points put up. I am going to go a prediction of Raiders 34, uh, Saints 28. All righty. Well, that is definitely the Raiders covering and the over, and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go Raiders 30, Saints 24. Going to take care of that over. Going to win a big game on the road. Um, I, I do. I do think we're the better team here. I think we have some momentum. I think might have been hard for the team to rally around some some loss, some statement losses, like a statement loss against the Chiefs on Monday night. Like, I don't think anyone buys into that, but it is true. There's some truth to it. So I think the Raiders carry their momentum off of a had-to-win game against the Texans and take it into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I think I called it the Superdome. But didn't it used to be the Superdome? Or am I making that up? No, that's what it was. That's what the Superdome is what it was back when Hurricane Katrina hit. So thanks for uh, reminding people of that. Um, <laughs> or I have respect for history, <laughs> my guy. Yeah, yeah. RIP in peace. <laughs> never forget. Always remember. Never, Anyways. It's never, it's never not too soon. <laughs> yeah, that was way too soon by me. Um, anyways, Raider Nation, stand up. Love you guys. Let's take care of this thing. Sit down right now. Stand up right around 9.57. Here's what you need to do. Stand up at 9.57. Turn on NFL Red Zone just to watch the Red Zone ticker go before Scott Hansen jumps on. Right when Scott Hansen jumps on, flip it over to CBS, 10 a.m. We're taking on the Saints. Let's go. Everybody's probably going to be up already waiting around for that to go on because we do have a game in London, Broncos, Jaguars, Biggest barn burner that probably no one's going to wake up for at 6.30 a.m. So. Those, those poor Brits. Yeah. <laughs> like, Here you go. You want some yeah. football? Yeah. Take the Broncos. Before the season players. started, they're like, yes, Russell Wilson versus <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. And now it's like, fuck. <laughs> so anyways, yes, uh, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. 
give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Uh, go check out the YouTube, Ready to Take Podcast on YouTube. And let's get a dub. Let's keep this train moving. We got a big seven games ahead of us of very, very winnable games. Uh, and if we can just keep the Josh Jacobs train going, keep this momentum moving forward, we might be sitting pretty uh, when when we uh, start, when we fly out to Vegas against the Chargers. So, you guys have a good week. Hope you enjoyed it. And let's go get this dub. Let's do it. Peace.